0: Hey, everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. You're listening to a segment from my radio show from 95.3 MNC. To get the daily show prep and other exclusive posts sent right to your email, go to my website, theburningtruth.us, and sign up for my free newsletter. Watch the live stream during the radio show every afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at trovo.live slash CaseyTheHost. Or subscribe for premium content at special.tv. Just search for my name. Enjoy this podcast and good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 953, 3 michiana's news channel i am your host casey hendrickson and happy friday to everybody hopefully you're going to have a great weekend hopefully uh, your week hasn't been too rough on you hey joining us on the line is a buddy of mine haven't talked to him on the show in quite a while lucas miles lucas how you doing bud
1: casey i am doing fabulous as you know big fan and uh, always always good to talk to you you've
0: had a good couple of years dude you really have your your uh your whole your whole project uh well how how do i say your industry your market your your brand whatever your brand is really grown the past couple of years i've been watching what you're doing with it you're doing a great job
1: i really appreciate that you know it's not uh it's not probably typical for somebody to see somebody who is a pastor um you know and an author also be a filmmaker and, and work in the business world as well but um man, God's just opened up some doors in that space and, and we're enjoying it.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And Lucas Miles is a conservative pastor. He's an author. He's he's making movies. He's got a new book out. And it's called The Christian Left: How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church. Now you if I mean you've listened to me for a long time. You you know this is something that I have talked about before. Uh, Goal number 27 of the 45 Communist Goals, infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion and discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. And your book addresses that very same
1: thing. Tell us about it. It's exactly right. I mean, look, the left knows that they, in order to win elections, they have to divide the church and the religious vote. Um, you know, as long as people hang on to a biblical worldview, as long as they hang on to some sort of historic view of Christianity, uh, that is always going to undermine the agendas of the left. Things like progressive views of marriage, sexuality, uh, you know, gender, uh, culture, race, etc. All of those things are really leveled with a true understanding of, of, of the Bible. And so the left has to come in and disrupt that if they want to continue to stay in power and and really deceive the masses. And so I wrote this book to really address this rising, uh, what I call the Christian left, this growing constituency of Christians and oftentimes so-called Christians who have been impacted by leftist thought, progressive ideology, and oftentimes Marxist theory.
0: Now, when you are looking in your in your book and you're addressing this thing obviously one of the things we run into quite a bit are these uh, these new churches which are designed to be slick you know they're designed to and i'm not talking about just churches who worship big and have you know concerts and things like that but ones that are designed specifically where around the bible says to be a socialist the bible says to be a marxist and in this thought is really started to take root in large swaths of of american christianity like how what is a defense for that? Like how do people get out of that, that mindset and get back to the roots of what, what the Bible actually teaches?
1: You know, great point. And you know, I have a lot of people ask me about this book. They'll say things like, Oh, the Christian left, is that like Joel Osteen? And, you know, I think that <laughs> first of all I've met Joel, he's a really nice guy. I think that he does great work in the space that he's in. Um and there's probably fair accusations to call certain ministries maybe Christian light, uh, that is just sort of a um you know, it's a positive message, they talk about Jesus. That doesn't necessarily make somebody a leftist, and most of the time that they're not a leftist in that situation. They're just, not, they're just choosing to not, you know, kind of hit these hardline issues uh, and, and really make their ministry all about that. What we're seeing, and exactly what you mentioned, is we're seeing churches that are actually doubling down on introducing Marxist thought into the Church, and it's really rebranded in many cases as what's called the Social Justice Gospel, and all that is is it was, you know, originally called the Liberation, uh, liberation Theology, It's the a Marxist uh, sort of Catholic uh, blend, and that was introduced into the U.S. and really worked its way into the Evangelical Church and, and uh, certain other denominations, And now we're seeing churches that are, you know, they're flying gay pride flags. They're flying BLM, you know, of the organization, you know, flags and really supporting things that are rooted in socialism. Now, it doesn't take anybody who really knows Scripture well very long to sit there and lay out, you know, Jesus was not a socialist. There's actually more evidence to show that Jesus was actually kind of probably rather wealthy. And that's how he was able to, you know, really take time off to do the ministry that he did. Uh, he had all sorts of kings bring him, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So much so that the 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 king of that land, it, they had so much that they were transporting to him. The king of the land heard that they were in town. Uh, a little bitty jar of uh, of myrrh does not get that kind of attention uh, from the king. So, you know, but with that said, like, you know, Jesus taught personal, not only personal responsibility. He taught personal stewardship. Personal stewardship is not a is not a framework of socialism. It's not allowed. Uh, you don't even have the choice to be able to decide what you're going to do. The government will redistribute your wealth for you, not something that you get to choose. Socialism is completely against a scriptural understanding.
0: So did did these types of churches, did they become so influential? Were they able to get people into their pews because the folks that were coming in weren't really Christian, didn't have a place to go? Or were they able to actually flip and convert people who had been in a traditional Christian environment, and if that happened, how did they do that?
1: So I think there's two things that are happening here. So first off, um, there has been sort of a leftist constituency within uh, more academic circles of the Church for a long time. I was in Germany 20 years ago talking with people there, and there were um, uh, theologians and and Bible college professors who were boasting that we're going to make you an atheist by the time you leave our seminary. And, you know, they were teaching, um, you know, uh, Scripture really as a as a study, but not something of faith, and they weren't even believers themselves. And so that eventually went from the professor to the pastor and then into the pews. You know, the second issue I I think that has happened in this is that, you know, we are coming off of really um, what is known as the seeker-sensitive movement, which just exploded in the U.S. you know, a couple decades ago, and we have a lot of churches that have really done well and reached a lot of people using the seeker-sensitive model, you know, highly evangelistic, and the problem though, although these are, you know, typically great people involved with this movement, the problem is is that they really decrease the amount of teaching and scripture and discipleship that happens there. Uh, and so over time, you know, it's kind of, I, I compare this to genetically engineered fruit, you know, uh, I'd rather eat a genetically engineered orange because it doesn't have the seeds in it, it's clean, it's not messy, it's not dripping all over you while you're in the car trying to eat it, but the problem is, it can't. you can't plant it and grow anything else on the other side of it, and so it can only support one generation. And this is what happened in the Church. We had this whole generation of Christians that weren't discipled. They weren't taught anything about Christian ethics or morality or, or biblical history or the Lordship of Jesus really in a way that they could defend their faith. And so when new ideas began, you know, really being pushed from the left, it was very easy for progressives to kind of win over uh, these these uh, um, undiscipled, you know, Christians, and pull them into, you know, well, that kind of sounds good to me, that sounds loving, you know, this whole redistribute the wealth and allowing illegal immigrants into our country and accepting people, you know, regardless of their sexuality. And it's really a misunderstanding of God's love. It's a misunderstanding of grace. And ultimately that was just the perfect soil to plant this kind of progressive credo.
0: And again, we're talking with Pastor Lucas Miles and his new book, The Christian Left, How the Liberal Thought, How Liberal Thought Has Hijacked the Church I, when I analyze Christendom, Lucas, one of the things that I like to do, much to the chagrin of my, my Christian friends, is I like to address the elephant in the room in that there's a lot of these hardline churches who I think have driven people away from Christ. They've driven people away from Christianity by being, I'll just say it, mean and aggressively so. Um, and where it comes off like uh, our beliefs, even though they might actually be quoting scripture right, but they just come off almost militant, and it kind of drives people away. Has that also been a factor in allowing these these comfy, cozy Marxist, everything is, is wonderful uh, churches to be able to go ahead and, and recruit more people?
1: You know, it's interesting you say that. My last book that I did called Good God, I was actually accused, throughout the promotion of that, of being a progressive Christian. Now, anybody who knows me knows that's a false accusation. This is not true. You know, (laughs) know, show that. But I was just teaching very strongly on the love of God, and so they assume that because you're teaching on the love of God, you must be, you know, some sort of progressive Christian. I believe that we need to protect the Church from radicalism on the left and the right. And, you know, one of the things that I talk about in this book is a cycle that I call worry, anger, apathy. And this is where a lot of Christians on the right that do, you know, and and oftentimes their doctrine is good. They believe in, in, you know, um, uh, a moral ethic that's presented by Scripture. They believe in the Lordship of Jesus. They believe in forgiveness of sins and repentance and these things. They care about people, and so what happens is they get worried, and they get worried. They're afraid people are going to, you know, go to hell in gasoline underwear, and they got to do something about it, you know, and so— they start trying to reach out, and, and oftentimes they fall into, you know, manipulation and, and guilting somebody, trying to get them, you know, quote-unquote, saved. And what happens is, when that doesn't work, which manipulation rarely does, they get mad. And they go into this phase of anger, and then we have insult culture, and we have mean wars, and we have, you know, angry church signs that you drive by that are just so unloving, you know, towards people. And instead of really offering grace and, 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 you know, truth the way that Jesus did, they're just offering kind of this angry gospel that comes out. When that doesn't work, what happens is they eventually shift into the, the, the third phase, which I believe is the most dangerous, and that is apathy. And this is where we see a lot of Christians today. they just reach a place where they're going, oh, they'll never change, you know, world's just going to hell in a handbasket, what can you do about it? And so they just sit back and they do nothing. They've stepped out of politics, they've stepped out of really... You know, any sort of, uh, um, you know, uh, opportunities to reach, you know, urban communities or reach, you know, those that, that need, you know, some maybe extra assistance or support. And so they just stopped and they stopped volunteering and they just kind of are warm in the pews until somebody they love falls into some sort of progressive trap or alternative lifestyle, and they start the cycle all over again with worry, anger, and eventually apathy. And so, you know, we need to be aware of that, and that's one of the things I wanted to do with this book, was create a roadmap for people that really love the Lord, that believe in the Bible, that are, you know, patriots that love this country, to be able to give them a way back to a historic biblical Christianity that's based upon Scripture, but that also, you know, really is able to, you know, um, uh, bring life and freedom in the modern, you know, uh, era that we live in.
0: Hey, Lucas, how can people get this book, man?
1: Absolutely. So it's available for pre-order right now. It releases early this spring. You can, get it, you can go ahead and order it right now on Amazon. It'll ship right to your house as soon as it hits the warehouse. Um, it's, it's hit number one in uh, three different bestseller categories already on Amazon just during the pre-order phase. Uh, and so definitely hit it up there. You can also, if you're anti-Amazon, you can grab it on ChristianBooks.com. Uh, you can also get it at BartonNoble.com, or you can head over to my website at LucasMiles.org. And uh, grab a copy there as well.
0: Lucas, it's always good to talk to you, but you know, you don't have to have your publicist reach out to me to make an interview. You can just call me. It's, <laughs> you can you can do that. That's <laughs> okay.
1: Channel <appropriate> there, Casey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you Lucas, great talking friend. to you again, man. Good luck with the book. Sounds great. All right, take care. All right. Bye. All right, take care. We got more coming up. News talk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. Thanks for checking out this latest podcast on a segment for my radio show at 95.3 MNC. Don't forget to check out my new website with store at caseyhendrickson.com. And if you want knives or custom Kydex holsters, go to my other website, asdefense.com. We'll catch you next time.